in Watford in the semi-final of the FA Cup. And that is what a bunch of Watford fans sound like when they know that Watford are in the semi-final of the FA Cup. This is from the Rick Wren. My name is John. With me is Jason. Hello there. Uh, Kieran. Uh, hello. Buenas noches. I don't know what language I'm speaking. At the <laughs> and Michael. Good day. Good day. And it was a good day. But let's talk, before we get to the, to the great fellow Watford one in the semi-final, uh, what an atmosphere at Watford it, it lived up to almost the hype your rallying call Arlo's rallying call uh, <laughs> in, in last week's podcast uh, what a place to be it was great wasn't it I mean you'd be very very disappointed if you had a home FA Cup quarter final and the atmosphere wasn't good you know fair play to the Palace fans they played their part they always make a you know everyone's got their views on Palace but they make an absolute din wherever they go so they played their part but yeah it just had that little thing in the air little I was a bit people were later into the ground I did think it's sort of about 12 o'clock oh it's not filling up very quickly is it going to catch fire this but yeah it did as soon as um, as soon as uh, Zed cars sort of started playing that was it there was just that little crackle in the air and it was uh, these are the days that you want as football supporters we mustn't take these for granted I was thinking that today don't take them for granted FA Cup quarterfinals are massive 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 games and uh, it's turned out in our favour today Jason, though, let's before we get before we get into the game, uh, the end of the game, a tearful Heredia Gomez. You know his retirement we knew was coming, and the possibility of this being his last home game here for Watford. Definitely not. You never know what happens with Ben; he might get injured. We know a thing about Watford goalkeepers who uh, have a problem with their fingers before semi FA Cup semi final. Um, <laughs> Don't ruin it already. John. We've been qualified for the semi final for about twenty minutes, and already you're invoking memories of when was it, nineteen eighty seven? We had many semi finals, and that was only one. Um, but uh, lovely sort of seeing him the reaction he got as well yeah they said there's no room for sentiment in football but apparently today there was <laughs> I, I was a bit nervous about that decision and didn't need to worry did we there was a great save he pulled off during the game um, and, and yeah at the end you could see he was very very emotional sorry Nicky I'm about to do this he made my missus cry oh. she was crying at the end because Aurelio Gomez was crying she could see him on the big screen so that, that, that brought a few tears to her eyes she's quite an emotional lady <laughs> um, but, but yeah I mean it's it, it, his time here has meant so much to him you can see that so in, his, in his social media when he's on the pitch his goal celebrations are just, just something to behold and it's a shame we won't see any of those again um, we'll just have to watch one match of the day tonight I think I'm sure they'll, they'll show them uh, and just that sort of final goodbye sort of, he was sort of thumping his chest and sort of waving goodbye to everyone a touching moment I think I think it, it's it definitely Watford has a, has a big place in Hurlio Gomez's heart I think he said that we Watford took a punt on him when, when his reputation wasn't necessarily um, up there but he has been an extraordinary signing for Watford, an absolute vital part of this outfit, on the pitch, off the pitch. He's never let us down. Um, and more than that, I think his, his presence in the dressing room is, is, is massive. There's quite, quite a lot of um, numerous stories about Richarlison when he came over. He, you know, the guy wasn't eating. 
because he didn't know where to get the food that he, he was used to. Gomez took him under his wing and sorted him out. And I'm sure that's not the only time that Aurelio Gomez has put his arm around, his metaphorical arm around a, a player and looked after him. And I think he has been an, an, an absolutely vital cog in this wheel as we've, as we've sort of got that incremental improvement we've got. We've got promoted. He helped us get up from the Championship and he's helped us stay in the Premiership and get established. So it's, it's easy to sort of look at the emotional side of things today. But I think from a footballing point of view, what an absolutely fantastic signing what an incredible pro and yeah I for one feel feel quite blessed that we had him and we still do we still do we still may require his services so really really nice I have to say having said all that I thought it, I didn't think it was necessarily the right decision to play him I don't know why you would perhaps I don't know perhaps I've missed something but why would you change something as integral as the goalkeeper and, and you know I mentioned at the top there how important FA Cup quarterfinals are <sighs> why change it but credit to him you know he's not going to let us down we knew yeah, he wouldn't yeah. let us down so it wasn't like we were putting in a third choice Gary goalkeeper Plumley. Gary Plumley. yeah 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 <laughs> but Kieran like, yeah, that, that starting 11 apart from that goalkeeper choice was that as, as strong as you, you you would think we could we, uh, Harry would have picked yeah I think so uh, I think the only one that I probably have question marks over at the moment is Roberto Pereira I think he struggled again today and I don't think we've seen the best of him for a little while. Did you, did you consider that before the game when you saw him in the lineup or during the game? No, beforehand. I think I, I think we've he struggled for a little while. Um, I think we saw him come out of the blocks really quickly at the start of the season. But uh, I hate the word passenger because that I think that's quite um, derogatory and disrespectful. I don't think he's a passenger. I think he plays his part. But I think the influence that he's having at the moment is nowhere near what he was having at the start of the season um, but I wasn't to be honest surprised by the lineup at all I wasn't surprised to see Aurelio Gomez uh, starting today and that was based on I think the fact that he's played in, in every round so far and I think Javi uh, has this kind of loyalty to his players I know there are other players that have played in previous rounds that weren't involved today but uh, Aurelio is um, as Mike and Jason have both said an integral part of this club and, and I think that Javi's way of, of kind of showing his loyalty to him is, is by playing him in the cup game so I wasn't actually surprised to see him start today The whistle went after all the flags and the waving and the streamers it was it hyped me up like when we go to the NFL games and you go yeah let's, let's kick the ball I literally felt that uh, as the ball the whistle sort of went but Mike as the first half it was um, a, a, a dominant first half actually what Kieran said on the WhatsApp group um, but it wasn't a it wasn't a quick paced in your face sort of performance from Watford No I think we took 10 minutes to get into the game I thought Palace looked dangerous for the opening uh, in the opening salvos if you like I thought they were the better team for, for 10 minutes but then Watford entirely took over I thought as Kieran rightly said we completely dominated the first half and I would say that's as close to perfect a performance as you could get in a game where the you know, said before, it's going to be the flip of a coin. It's going to be a difficult game to to call. So for Watford to be that in control, I thought was was sensational. I thought Holobas's deliveries were causing absolute carnage with the win. But I think he, we've seen him develop as a player this year, and he were getting much more output from him. And he, got, he, the, he was giving the keeper absolute nightmares, wasn't he? It was like Watford keepers of old flapping around. And um, so I thought it was a it was a really really good first half. And that injury to Holobas, I thought. Ugh. Yeah. That's going to cost us because I thought he was he was one of the best players on the pitch. I think Troy carried on his his, um, in, his in the previous vein of being rough and tough and, and getting on with it. He was absolutely everywhere. Delafeu butting around and, and asking questions. Um, Takore and Kapu obviously in the mood. Will Hughes again. I think all, all round in that yeah. first half, terrific, terrific performance. Well deserved to go in, in, in ahead and, and, and were, were by far and away the better, better better side. Simple as that, really. We bossed it.
Uh, Jason, the goal though, we're still not actually sure who, who touched it before Kapu. Mike, did you see who it was? No. No, it was one of those goals, but it came after about 15, well, no, it wasn't 15, but it felt like 15 corners and a lot of pressure uh, from Watford that did get us that, that opening goal. Yeah, and it, at times in the past, we've sort of we've chastised the team a bit for having periods of pressure and then not making it count, and we absolutely did this time. Um, Kapu, sort of, I think he had to stretch a bit for it, but he, he, he played it well um, through a sort of crowd of players into the... I think he sort of hit the, the sort of high up in the net in the end. Sort of, I'm not sure he sort of played it into the ground deliberately to, to get it up and sort of avoid any potential incoming blocks. Um, sound like, I don't think he thought about it at all. He just <laughs> he did, did his best. <laughs> it's amazing how much these footballers can think about in such a short space of time. And we almost then sort of made it count again. We we then carried on with that domination for the rest of the half, like Mike said. Um, and and we've sort of Mike's a. a he sort of expressed his concerns about the Palace keeper just saying he had a great game today yeah. it could have been a lot more if it weren't for him and he made two superb saves off of uh, Delafeo De one straight after the goal that we saw heading oh. straight we were right behind yeah. it so we heading straight for the top corner he's made a great save there and the free kick as well and he kept them in at that point because that could easily have been three by half time yeah um, half-time came, Kieran, and everyone was happy. Then the half-time substitution of Holobath, who Mike's already said how much hassle he was giving uh, Palace, uh, went off. Uh, clearly looked like he overstretched himself, really, and, and, and felt a little bit precautionary, maybe, why he was sort of taking off. Messina comes on, and, and we saw Messina against uh, Liverpool, and they definitely knew that was a weak spot. A little bit, again, like, he, it, he isn't Holobath. No, he's not, and I think we've seen that in the games that he's deputised for him. I think he's a an able stand-in, but for a game of this magnitude, as we've already said, you want your best players on the field, and Holobas this season has been one of our best players this season without doubt you know not just from a defensive point of view but from the the dead ball situation and, and his creativity uh, they definitely targeted Messina at the start and it's not just due to the fact that he's not as uh, as strong as Holobas but it's difficult to come into a game at half time with the the tempo as it was the importance of the game as well he got beaten a few times didn't he early doors they they really did sort of go down that our left hand side there right but I think he grew into the half and I think he got more confident so yeah we we were sloppy all over the park though I'm not just gonna to pick out Messina I think that first 15-20 minutes of that second half we were poor it was almost like a different Watford team that came out we were unable to continue the momentum that we had that we had built up in that first half and and we looked sluggish and Palace took advantage of that and, and obviously that's when they got their equaliser yeah a mistake from Mr Mariapa uh, led to to the goal it felt like probably the only real decent chance they had in the entire game we we gifted them a very early Easter present or Christmas present anyway we, we, we gave them that goal Mike but it did feel like it was coming yeah. um, and I suppose the, the, the thing we want to know the most about our Watford team is actually how do you react and we acted fairly well we had to weather some serious pressure and I don't know how much of it is down I'm going to sound like Jurgen Klopp but there were terrible conditions out there with the wind and we mentioned how the goalkeeper was struggling with Holobas's deliveries well we sort of it was almost complete role reversal in the second half wasn't it we, we were struggling and we couldn't get out of our own half whether it was a little bit of pressure from Palace or us sitting too deep or the, or the conditions did notice that Hodgson sent Palace out a good four or five minutes mm, early so yeah. they, they'd obviously been read the right act and had been left into no doubt as what, what was expected of them. Um, and, yeah, it was, a, it was a completely different game. We, as comfortable as we were in the first half, we were that under the cosh uh, for, the, for the second. It was, it was very, very difficult. But it was, like you say, really, really pleasing that Palace didn't have any opportunities. They had 
well, they had a few. They had a few. Gomez had a couple of saves to make, but they didn't really no. carve us open at any stage. Batshuayi looked sharp. I think he, he, he's been a decent signing for them. But you can see why they've struggled from a goal-scoring point of view. So I was like, proper head-in-your-hands time, wasn't it, when, when Mariapa made that uncharacteristic mistake. It's slow. Watford are confident on the ball at the back, and I think overconfidence there, wasn't he? He tried to sort of, I'm not quite sure what he's trying to do, lob it over him. He basically tried to pass it through him. And it was a momentary lapse that, that could have cost us the tie because uh, from that on, from that moment on, it was Palace, 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 Palace. And we've seen these games against Palace, Palace, Palace before, <laughs> haven't we? Uh, there's a happy Colin arrives. Wembley! <laughs> Wembley! We're the famous Wembley FC and we're going to Wembley. Fantastic, lad. Um, <laughs> there's Colin. See you Wembley, Colin. But the goal came, Mike. Um, Richard, who sits near us, said, there you go. There's that heavy first touch from Andre Gray again. Uh, but it went in the net. And it was, uh, and, and it was interesting to hear Kieran talk about Pereira because I was, I was very disappointed with him again today. And I thought, I thought he was a passenger. I thought, I, I thought we, we don't get anywhere near enough out of him for long enough. But he is that mercurial talent, isn't he? He sort of floats around. He sort of does just about makes a nuisance of himself with his defensive role. He gets in the way, I suppose, is the best way of describing his defensive contribution. But who was it, of course, that, that played Andre Gray through for, for that winner? Roberto Pereira. I thought it was really brave of Gracia to, to keep him on because I think a lot of people in the stadium would have probably hooked him. I'd, you, you hit the nail on the head there, Mike. I was just about to say, I'd, I'd already made the substitution in my head. We needed to change something because, like you say, it was all Palace. The ball wasn't sticking up front. And I was thinking, right, we need to take prayer off. Let's give success a run down the left-hand side. Beat Fally, hold onto the ball, hold it up there, maybe get the other players into the game. Nope, Harry's done something completely different. And within minutes, we've scored a goal. Amazing. I love you, Javi. And a great goal from Andre again. He's taken his touch. He scored. And we saw the goals at, uh, his goal at Newcastle on the big screen. He's got his mojo back a bit, hasn't he? And I think I, I loved seeing him come on. Because you look at the, you look at what Palace have got on the bench. And they threw Benteke on and thought, right, it's kitchen sink time. But with Gray coming on, you know that's going to give Troy a boost. It's going to give him a, make him a couple of inches taller. And you know what you're going to get. And Palace defence knew what they were going to get. Trouble. Um, so him coming on is just uh, was great. I was excited to see him come on and, and enthused and hopeful that we that was would be the turning point. And, and uh, as it turned, and just seeing him look happy is, is great. You know, you talk about this a good feeling about the place, and we're all in it together. So you don't want to think about players sort of struggling for form or not feeling like they they fit in or contribute. So really, really pleased for Andre Gray, who's when he's come in, he's taken his chances and he's taken them really, really well. So yeah thrilling stuff you're the only happy person Mike I think I've never had so many hugs coming out of a Watford game uh, for a long long time here at Vicarage Road uh, but Watford will be off to the semi-final of the FA Cup against who knows uh, we're the first game and uh, we're recording this straight after the game so you've got no idea if it could be Swansea Mike's surname is Parkin. He's a son called Arlo. Uh, and let's see what Arlo's got to say about a trip to Wembley. This is our feature, Michael Parkinson. It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson, Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Great. Great? Why are you great? 
because Watford are through to the semi-finals. I meant amazing, isn't it? Can you can you sum up how how you felt today watching that quarter-final win? It felt weird because when Botswai scored the goal, I was like, "Come on, Watford!" Yeah, it's a bit frustrating. We saw Horelio crying at the end there. Do you think this will be Gomez's last game for Watford? No, because we have to play with him at Wembley in the semi. Yeah. Now we're not going to be at Wembley. We're going to be where are we going to be? New York. In New York, so we'll have to watch it on TV. So a bit of advice for, that you'd give to Watford fans going to Wembley. What one thing do they think you should think they should take to Wembley with them? Hope. What a wonderful answer, Arlo. Thank you very much for joining us. Bye. Next Friday is the 70th anniversary of the death of the man who originally founded Watford Rovers in 1881. On March 22nd, 1949, Henry Grover passed into Hornet Heaven. Now, episode one of the new series of Hornet Heaven uh, is out on Friday uh, and is dedicated to Henry, the father of the club. When Charlie had finished talking to the alderman and Johnny Allgood, Florence went up to him and told him about the elderly new arrival who didn't love Watford Football Club. I took him to our brilliant 4-1 home win against Reading, but it didn't do the trick. He must have a heart of stone. Did he tell you his name? He said it was... Grover. You're kidding me. He definitely said Grover. Henry Grover. Charlie Peacock's eyes lit up with joy. Yes, he's here, at last. He was bound to arrive here in the end, no matter what he thought about the club while he was down there. Who is he? Only the man who founded this wonderful club of ours, my dear. He founded it? Then how come he's not interested in it? Thanks for listening to our podcast, but you can, of course, listen to our sister brother podcast, Hornet Heaven, Series 10, available from Friday on all good podcast platforms. Uh, but do head over to hornetheaven.com to find out a little bit more. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Javi, with his master plan, his master moves, was quite clear this afternoon. Kieran, though, there was a, a lovely article in The Independent with an interview with, uh, with the great man. I think I can call him that now. I think you can be a great man once you've got to FA Cup semi-final. Did you get anything more from that or did it just sort of, you know, just, just back up everything you think what's, that he's such a great manager? Yeah, great man and being interviewed by one of my favourite journalists, Jonathan Lau. I, I don't know if I learned anything from, from Javi as a man, but I think what it did was reinforce everything that we we believe about him uh, I think there were some really interesting lines in there and, and Jonathan opened his piece by talking about Javi's time in Almeria which was I think one of his first jobs if not his first job one of his first jobs and he got them promoted and he quit as soon as he got them into La, La, La Liga he'd never managed in the top flight he got them up to the top division and he quit and the reason that he quit was because he had a meeting with the board and they had told him that they were going to completely overhaul the squad they were going to try and get a squad that was stronger that would be better placed for La Liga and he didn't want that he wanted to give the players a chance that had got them up and give them an opportunity to play in top division football and I look at and that's why I want to come back to Jorelio Gomez I wasn't surprised that Jorelio played today 
because one of the things that Javi said in his piece with Jonathan was about this club having something that other clubs don't have. And one of those things that he mentioned was loyalty. And I know that if you look at 26 players, this isn't, a, this isn't an 11 player team. This isn't a, a 16, 17 player team that we have on a, on a match day. This is a squad of 25, 26 players who really buy into what he's trying to do at Watford Football Club and somehow like we don't hear anything think about the number of players Adalberto Peñaranda big reputation can't even get in the matchday squad Ken Summer wasn't in a matchday squad today there are players who in certain other Premier League teams would walk into the first team or at least be on the bench but we don't hear anyone complaining we're not seeing newspaper articles where players are coming out saying I'm frustrated at Watford. I'm not getting an opportunity. I was brought here under false pretenses. Everyone seems to buy in. And when they get the opportunity to play, they are clearly giving absolutely everything. I know that we've got a couple of players, Pereira being one that we mentioned, despite the assist that he had, being a little bit out of form. But there is no player on that field at the moment when I see Watford play that I look at and think, you haven't put in a shift or you haven't tried. So that, I, think that's, I think that's what I got from the article, is that everything that we've kind of believed about Javi and, and the time that he's been here, it, it backed it up. It really backed it up in that he is really happy here. He loves this club. I think one of the closing lines in the piece was he was saying along the lines of trophies don't define success. And at the end of the article, John Lowes says about if it's not trophies that, that sort of determine how well you've done or what success, what is it you're striving for? And he said, you know what? What I'm striving for and what I'm happy about is the moment that I'm in now. I, like, I love this club. I love the surroundings that we've got, the squad that I've got. And that's what I'm striving for is to, is to get them better and to develop them. So great piece definitely recommend anyone read it uh, we'll give it a share on our uh, social medias at Wolf Podcast on Instagram Facebook and Twitter uh, Michael uh, though this is it's almost like this is the point that we were talking about last week this, this battling on a, a few fronts now we're not battling for the Premier League but in the Premier League we are sort of trying to battle our way uh, into Europe and we now have two games to play at Wembley and that might get us into Europe uh, but also uh, a nice run in the in the league will get us into Europe by, by finishing seventh so he's got a couple of we're going to have a lot of games coming up we've already got two that we, uh, there'll be two games we made up in the Premier League because of uh, this FA Cup run um, are you happy that actually we could keep this standard up uh, until the end of the season on, on both fronts 100% absolutely and I like the way you said we've got two games coming up at Wembley <laughs> semi-final and a final good lad I hope we do get two because I'm going to miss the semi I'm in America so I'll uh, don't know what time I'll have to be getting up to watch that but um, no I'm, I'm absolutely as Kieran has just alluded to there this is a this is a deep squad and it's a happy um, satisfied squad and I think we often we talk about that the sort of intangible feeling of, of everyone being in it together and it, it sounds a bit namby-pamby but that that buys you something extra as a football club, as a team in sport. You know what that's like when you're standing shoulder to shoulder. And I think that's what we've got with these guys. It's, it's, it's big. Because our squad is, is probably comparable with other teams that we're outperforming. And I think that's what that's down to. So we can't, can't overemphasize that. And that's why I think I'm happy that, you know, we've got... The FA Cup doesn't actually add on a huge amount of games, I don't think, in a, in a Premier League season. We can now put, put the semi-final in a box. It's in, what is it, in three weeks' time? Um, so we've backed, We've got a week off next week, um, and then it's, it's away at Manchester United, isn't it? So having won, won today, feet up for a week, and then off to Old Trafford to, to, to try and put the brakes on uh, Ollie's, uh, Ollie's buccaneering Man United... <laughs> um, 
what, what better? You know, again, we say it every time when we go to these big clubs. These are the sort of players. We talk about Pereira, we talk about Delefeu, who we talked about last week, wanting to say they're not a Botford, aren't a big team. Man United are a big team. Go and prove them, mate, that you can do it. He said it again, didn't he? repeated it again in a second interview, which I thought was probably a little bit misjudged. We stuck up for him last week. But I think to say the same thing again the week after, hang on a minute, mate, you're here for a reason. You've had a go at Everton, you've had a go at Barcelona, you've had a go at Milan, you've ended up in Hertfordshire for a reason. So buckle down um, and, and earn that move where better to start doing it in these sort of games and, there, and we have got a squad deep enough to come in and perhaps not win at Old Trafford if we rotate we, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we did but we've got more than enough talent here and, and I think wins like today are so important for that momentum for that belief for them to go on and it is great isn't it because now we can part the, part the FA Cup for a bit bank it look forward to it and all the all the fun and games that are, that a, tr- a proper trip to Wembley brings and then and still be going and still be going great guns in the league there's still great things to be achieved we've got a lot of winnable games and again it's not being overconfident we have earned the right to say we should be beating teams that are Huddersfield away we've got West Ham to come here we've got Southampton to come here we've got Fulham to come here we should be winning those games I know it's not easy, it's no disrespect to those, those teams, but we should win those games. We are good enough to beat them, and therefore we should. And if we do, if we win out the games that we're expected to, we are going to be in with an excellent, excellent chance of qualifying for Europe. Jason, though, Mike didn't mention uh, we should be winning games against Manchester United, Arsenal and Chelsea, which we do have uh, to come. But do you think, the, you know, with what Kieran said about Harry and how you know, he has got a happy 25-26 man squad, uh, the fact that what we saw in the Manchester United Manchester City away game that actually we we could do more even in those big games potentially yeah and we 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 looked quite solid didn't we against Manchester City and it was just that decision that decision yes that decision <laughs> that, that sort of changed the game a bit so so yeah why not so with the Man United game being the week before the semi-final are we likely to see those changes again I think we probably will and I think he'll, he'll set us up we'll probably have more solid players in there I talked about success maybe coming on in this game to try and give us a bit more up front and someone who can hang on to the ball and we'll need that when we go to Old Trafford because the way to stop them playing is to, to keep the ball away from them they can't score if they haven't got the ball put success on there get other solid players in there like, like Tom Cleverley in there Get Brittles in there. He's he's done well when he's coming to the side. Why not? Let's give him another chance. Just before we go, Mike, have you seen uh, in the Hornet oh, shop yeah, yeah. window that the, the club, before we even got up Occupation Road, have got for fifteen pounds a Watford off to Wembley T-shirt? Magnificent stuff. Marketing on the button as <laughs> always. Uh, just in time marketing there from uh, from Watford. Fantastic stuff. I want to get one. Um, yeah, I'm just going to get one. <laughs> no one, no one to Lady Boo for it, though, who you won't approve. We can't say who we've got. We've got no game next week. Tells the Vicarage event, though, which we'll be going to. So there's some big games to come up, semi-final. Uh, but, but Kieran, you're not going to be here because you, you, you're lucky to be here. Because you're currently travelling around the world with a, with a bit of a, with a trophy. Yeah, I am. Um, I, <laughs> I'm currently travelling around uh, the 24 countries that have qualified for the Women's World Cup. So we are taking the Women's World Cup trophy to... Uh, all of those countries that will be in France this summer so um, I'm home for a week Uh, I've been in South America and Jamaica and uh, on Wednesday uh, I head to to Asia uh, followed by Australia and and New Zealand and unfortunately it's going to be uh, the FA Cup semi-final when I'm in New Zealand so I'll be watching uh, from Auckland trying to find a bar or somewhere that will have it on and if there are any Hornets that are based in Auckland 
please do let me know because I would love to watch it with some fellow fans. Yeah. Uh, you go and get much more Hollywood than that, do you? Ja- <laughs> Jamaica, South America. I'll just pop back and watch Watford win an FA Cup quarter final if I don't mind <laughs> uh, before heading off to uh, New Zealand. Yeah, uh, Kieran, when you do go back to FIFA, make sure you have a word with Gianni Infantino about this ludicrous idea about the uh, about the World Cup. Um, we'll talk off Mike about that. <laughs> but thank you very much uh, for listening to the podcast. Do tell your friends. Uh, looks like we've got another podcast to be doing this season. Uh, will we get to that magical 50? Uh, who knows? But there's definitely one to be recorded at Wembley Stadium when the Hornets take on somebody. We don't care at the moment because we're still happy that we're in the FA Cup semi-final. Can we say that one more time? Watford are in the FA Cup semi-final. Thank you very much, Kieran. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, Michael. Oh, you're more than welcome. And thank you, Jackson. Thank you. We'll be back uh, very, very soon. Come on, you all!